Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. It's late July and the season is so close we can smell it. Or maybe that's just a combination of the hot weather and our podcaster's personal hygiene routines. Gareth Ellis. And as always, I'm joined by Najee Kawar. Hello, everyone. Paul Hope. Hi, everyone. And Lee Gowland. Hey, guys. So, lads, the recent heat wave brought a little bit of the Bay Area to the UK. I trust you gents mm. hoped OK? It felt way warmer than anything I've ever felt before. It was horrible. But yeah, we made it through. So, so with being from the northeast, I am not cut out for this weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, it absolutely killed me last Tuesday. I, I, th- I thought I was going to end up like the witch off uh, Wizard of Oz, just melting into a pool of goo. <laughs> yeah. I will say that Steph Curry jersey we bought Lee came in very handy last Tuesday. Yeah, I know she had that on all day. Yeah, yeah, basketball jersey is uh, good for that kind of weather for sure. I think I had mine on too, actually. And the good news for me, Gareth, is I've been cleared to stop taking the painkillers and I could enjoy my first ice-cold Morietti, which is coming nicely preparing for the season because I have a feeling I may be consuming certain beverages in the first couple of weeks of the season. Fantastic. Good to see you off the uh, IR and back back practising. Back practising. Got to get game fit. So uh, we're going to add a a little bit more to our last podcast where uh, we talked about visiting San Francisco. And I think we're going to cover some of the uh, non-NFL things to do on a visit. Um, But we're going to squeeze the last dregs out of the off-season news before the real season starts. So the unthinkable has happened. Frank Gore has retired from football. A few words on uh, Frank's contribution, Lee? He's an absolute legend. Absolute legend. I was I was when we got rid of him and the circumstances in which we got rid of him I am absolutely 100% convinced that if um, Trent Bolke hadn't been the GM at the time Frank Gore would have seen out his career as a one team back Mm. Um, but he's just absolutely excellent he came into the league with so many people doubting him because um, he'd had both of his knees done during college they said he was a he, he was a he was a huge risk We've done it previously, yeah. sorry, we've done it since then, picked people with ACL injuries and they haven't worked out, but what an absolute legend Frank goes. I love watching him play. And um, I'm, I'm glad he's come back to San Francisco and signed that one-day contract to retire as a 49er because I think he is 49er through and through. Do you, uh, do you think we'll see him back in some capacity in Santa Clara? Uh, I don't know. So I think he would make a very good coach because he's got the right temperament. Uh, I think he would command respect. But I'm not entirely sure he'd want to stay in the NFL. I, th- I think he still feels as though he's at a level of uh, fitness where he could still do something sporting. Obviously, he's he's been out. He's, he's tried the boxing. He, I think he's continuing with the boxing. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I would love to have him back. I would. Um, if he comes back as a coach, I think that would be absolutely excellent. But if he decides not to and decides to actually pursue a different sport, I'm happy with that as well. And I will definitely keep track of his progress. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any Anything else to add on Big Frank? Well, he's a, he, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, just a legend, isn't it? There's not much to say about it. The, the, it was always what struck me about him is how durable and how good he was for so many seasons. And people tend to forget how that he's had so many thousand yard seasons and he played on some really bad teams. <laughs> and the Niners weren't very good all the time he was with us, obviously. Um, and yeah, me being a running back now for the past you know, four years, I, I, it's baffling. Uh, to see that kind of performance at that level, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, third rushing all time is, um, <laughs> especially in new era football, is is pretty impressive. Um, I think the question now is Canton or no Canton. I think the fact that he's never won a ring is gonna, you know, kind of dampen his resume. But um, for me, is 
he's a Hall of Famer, and yeah, I'm glad he signed a, a one-year contract. And although I'm I'm really happy that he tried to, you know, go to the Bills and get a Super Bowl ring or go to to Miami and, and just try try to you know expand and get a ring. I'm not quite sure why he signed with the Jets, but um, yeah. Um, what can you say? Is like if you look at the last ten years of Niners, uh, him and Patrick Willis are probably the two names that would come up first. You know, the ten, fifteen years. So, um, yeah, um, I hope it is back. Oh, everybody loves Frank Gore. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a different time. You, you you barely see a running back hold at their peak for more than three or four years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for a guy to just churn out that level of performance you know clearly it dropped off a little bit in his in his later years as as would be expected but he just showed time and time again that he's a quality professional uh and gets the gets the job done and gets signed with teams despite his age so i think he can look forward to a, a very well-earned uh retirement and, and do whatever he likes now i think as well gareth we paid the most fitting tribute to frank gar where we re- replaced our very own Lee Gowland as the header on our social media. <laughs> I never thought we would replace that picture. And the day that Frank his retirement, I reached out to Lee and I was like, I've seen this picture of Frank with a flag. And fair play to Lee, he was like, yeah, get it on there. The plan was Gareth to leave it for a couple of days, but I think the impact that Gar had on the 49ers, we- we've left it up on there. And I was just going to say what Nadji said. For me, he's a Hall of Famer. I am very biased, I know that. And we do like to go down the rabbit hole on this show. I'm sure we could go down that rabbit hole with Frank Gore, but yeah, absolute legend. And it's just great to see him come back to the day for one day. Absolutely. Should have given him the ball in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have given him the ball in 2012. Yeah. So, uh, starting off with uh, me scraping whatever news I can get out of the league at the moment, um, there seems to be a, a, a fad now for producing alternative helmets mostly black apart from the bears truly awful or Go on. <laughs> yeah. um do you think that jed's gonna surprise us with a with a nice no. new, new helmet no it's, it's just the niners just don't do I, I don't know the black jersey was kind of surprising as it was but yeah i'm, I'm guessing this is nfl pushed otherwise not so many teams would do it um i mean you know it's a product isn't it we yeah I, you know, you, you mentioned it on the Vegas pod, um, Lee, but, you know, something Jeff said is, you know, everything the NFL does is calculated and yeah. it's risk-weighted and they don't do something if it doesn't gain them something or make them look a certain way that they've decided to look. And I think this is part of the whole marketing NFL at, at a grander scale that we don't really see as fun. Obviously, each team goes, oh, my team is doing this, but I don't think it. It comes quite from that. Um, it's just a way of rebranding or whatever. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the Bears one's awful. The the glittery one from the Cardinals, I'm really not quite sure either what's going on there. But so, so I've actually seen my very first al- alternative helmet that I actually liked. And in, instead of having your dusky gold, it's actually a chrome gold. Mm, other yeah, than mm. that there's no change and yeah. i actually thought that looked quite impressive yeah maybe maybe a small change might be on the horizon but yeah i think i think the niners are kind of like it's just a, such just a staple of what the, the nfl used to be and I, I know they're changing the cowboys but they're going they're kind of going back to something they already have they're not it's nothing new like the the panthers or the bears um so i don't know i just this this aversion to like do anything crazy. I mean, we've seen it on New Jersey. It's an extra stripe and a change of of font on the front of the jersey, and that's that's about it, really. So, yeah. so you don't think we're going to see a uh, throwback to the one with 49ers written down the side, which I think lasted for almost 48 hours back in the yeah. early 90s. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Uh, you're not. Uh, no, no. No, you're, no. you're probably not alone with that. It was worth forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so other news, uh, Mr. Kyler Murray has just got paid an absurd amount of money, particularly for a guy who's never actually won a playoff game. Uh, cause for concern for us or not? No, I don't think uh, I think it's just the market, isn't it? It's just, you know, 
people don't forget, let's not forget that there's the guy who got drafted by the A's. Was it in the first round? Mm. Yeah, it could have gone. I think it was in the first round by the by the Oakland A's, the the baseball team. So, and the guy's an athlete. He's a, he's a good player, and they were ten and two at one point last year. Um, I think it's Paddy on Twitter and whatever clearly has worked. But I think it's just the way you know. In in two or three years, we'll look at a contract and think that it's cheap. Probably, um, it's just the way it goes. Um, it's a lot of money per inch, though. So that's for sure. <laughs> I was quite glad to see Deshaun Watson's contract had been overtaken. And from a selfish point of view, Gareth, um, for those people who follow me on social media, I was lucky enough to be invited to the Scott Fishbowl Fantasy Football League. So I took Murray as my quarterback because I think he's mm. have a, a decent season fantasy-wise, but I don't think that necessarily translates well to win the division. I think it's us and the Rams. I think it's the Cardinals. <laughs> and I think it's the Seahawks last. But yeah, it's interesting to see they've paid him all that money. The pressure's on now, so let's just see what happens. So, more inevitable Jimmy G non-news. He is cleared for <laughs> practice. Uh, anything you guys can update? Do you actually think he's going to go anywhere before camps start up around the league? Or do you think it's a question of sitting, waiting and seeing if there's an injury or coaches looking at the players they've signed and thinking, oh my God, I need Jimmy? Oh, I think it'll be mid-August. Mid-August now. That's what it's looking like. Yeah, yeah, same, same. The thing is, Gareth, when when you say non-news, so I said before we pressed record last Tuesday, I promised Tracy a night of fantasy football, a night of NFL, and the news broke that Jimmy Garoppolo was allowed to go and seek a trade, which was kind of confusing, bearing that Ian Rappaport had released a tweet saying what, like what Lee said there, it was going to be mid-August before he was cleared to throw, and then the next day, Schefter released a tweet, Adam Schefter, saying that Jimmy was cleared, he's good to go open for a trade, so I think there's a little bit of kind of like cat and mouse games being played, but he's not cleared until mid-August, so no team's going to trade for him now. So personally, I don't think anything's going to happen before mid-August at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, gut feeling on where he might go? There's been a couple of teams mentioned. Well, I, I was having a look at all 32 potential starting quarterback, and I just... Yeah, there's not many teams he could go. And yeah, I think just like you, it's either going to be a big injury happening really soon, you know, as soon as uh, training camp starts, um, that might trigger something. Or it'll be, as you said, Gareth, the competition somewhere like the Giants just doesn't go as well as they wanted. You know, Daniel Jones and Tyra Taylor just not being good at all. Uh, and then it's just you know a, a look at yeah a look at the teams and it's in the AFC there's really nowhere he could go. Um, people are saying the Browns if Watson gets suspended, but uh, when Watson gets suspended, they've just signed Rosen, which I think yeah. I just don't think it's too much money. I just don't think they're gonna do that. And then I'm guessing maybe the Dolphin if Tua stinks again because you know Mike McDaniel. Um, um, no, the, the Dolphins have got Bridgewater, haven't they? Yeah. They do, but I just think, you know, maybe if Tua gets hurt again or really doesn't grasp, you know, McDaniel's Mike, Mike new offense, they could bring in Jimmy, would will know the offense in some kind of capacity. Um, yeah, I see so what you mean. Th- there could be like a, you know, press the button kind of thing. And then it's just the Lions might, maybe if Goff really is bad and, and then, as I said, the Giants mm. uh, and the Seahawks, even though I just don't think he would go there. And maybe the Commanders, you know, if, if Carson Wentz is really back to his old tricks and being bad, but I don't... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I think it, apart from an injury, there's no it's not much appeal for him. His salary is too high. 26 million is quite a lot. Feels great, baby. The Falcon will lick. Nadji, I think the Falcons and Giants were the early front runners last week, but like you said, there you've 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 gone through all the teams. I think if Seattle are involved, Gareth, it would be crazy for us to cut him now. For him to go to Seattle, if that's the move, we cut him the last possible time we can, and then he yeah. goes over there. But if we're going to trade him in division, we, we want a, a big package, and like Nadji said, there is contract. It's a strange one because all the league knows what he's due to get made, and they all know that Trey's QB one. So unless, yeah. Nadji said, there's an injury and someone gets desperate, it, it's a strange scenario at the moment. I do think Jimmy and his agent want him to be cut 
just so he can then have the total freedom to choose Gareth. Whether he gets yeah. that wish, I don't know. I think that that does make sense, though. Obviously, his his leverage of his current contract may maybe is 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 being the sticking point, and and Jimmy's going to say, well, I, I'll uh, I'll get my career back on track with a with a cheap contract somewhere where I know I'm actually going to get to play. The yeah. question no. with them confirming the trade though is he won't be at the training camp next week because he's excused. There's no controversy. Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? Trey's going to get all the reps in training camp. It's going to be Trey's team. And then, like you said, we'll just have to see what happens because, as Nadji said, we've got meaningful football back, pads go on, and it's a contact spot. There's going to be injuries, unfortunately. So just a case of watch this space, Gareth. Indeed. And another space to watch is the inevitable Debo non-news. He is back in the Bay Area, and we're all guessing he will probably report to camp so he doesn't get fined, but may not practice. Do we think a deal is imminent? Well, I'm quite hopeful because it's gone very, very quiet. Um, and I think that's a good thing. No, I, I think a deal is not going to get done until Jimmy's gone. Yeah, same. And let's not forget, that, you know, despite all this noise about Debo, he has absolutely no leverage at all. If he doesn't play this year, or if he holds out for any particular reason, He'll just forfeit the year, and when he decides to report, he'll have to play for us. So he's on his rookie contract, so it's not like he can, you know, see out and then be released next year when his contract is off. If he doesn't play, his contract doesn't apply, Mm -hmm. and therefore, when he comes back, he will still have that extra year that he owes us. So... It'll the deal will get done when when we can and when it gets done. Um, I think this is one of the cases where. Um, you know, he thought he had the power to be able to demand an extension. Um, and he just doesn't really have it. Um, and I also think the media is blowing the story up tenfold. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure Lynch and Shanahan have talked to him as soon as the season was over, or even during the season last year, saying, look, you'll get your extension. You're just going to have to bear with us um, because we've got other things to do, you know i.e. dealing with Jimmy and all that kind of things. So, yeah. I think the social media game, Gareth, much as some people hate it, Devo has played it better since the Vegas trip, as Nadji alluded to. And I did see he's back in the area. He tweeted, put that on Instagram. He's training back in the area, which he tends to do when he's about to report training camp. And his trainer has gone on. I don't know if you've seen the video, gents, where his trainer's like, we're going to get paid. We're going to get paid. And, and Debo's laughing in the background, which is a contrast to the video that went round, you know, when he was in the nightclub and they were holding the sign up saying, are you going to sign? And he, he was like, oh, no, no, no. So you take it at face value, but I don't think like it'll be before August, like Lee said, to be honest. But I do think he gets paid. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right, Lee. There could well be uh, much of the deal in place but cannot be signed until until the salary cap space is, is freed up. So kind of done deal, but won't be announced until it can actually be signed. Yeah. Nadji said as well, the CBA, Gareth, like Nadji said, he explained it really well, but it's it's screwed, Debo. He cannot, he can't afford, he can't afford to. So for us, we have all the leverage, which I just hope a deal's done soon, because like you said, they report tomorrow, because we're recording on Monday night, first, Sessions Wednesday without a deal. I find it very hard to see him taking part in meaningful activities. And the longer that drags on, we all know what it's like being 49er fans. And some of the spaces can get a bit toxic. And I just don't want to see any of that, to be honest with you, Gareth. I want to be positive and look forward to the good news coming out of training camp. Uh, something else where there's been absolutely no news and very quiet is the status of D Ford, who is still on the roster uh, and was apparently sort of activated from the unable to perform list. Um, what do we make of this? I th- was thinking D Ford would have been officially gone by now. Completely agree. Yeah, I, I thought exactly the same. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to work out whether or not this is good news or bad news. Obviously, we all knew that we saved very little from Cottenham, but we were willing to cut him to save that, save that small amount. I think it was two million, three million, um, which is little compared to what he's been getting over the years. Um, I think there was a dead cap hit, hit of about five and a half million there. But the fact that we haven't cut him already, and he was cleared quite a while ago, kind of suggests that they might be thinking, 
you know what, if we can use them on third down only every game and he can do a job for us, why don't we keep them? Yeah, I like the um, having the veteran to teach the rookie. Let's not forget we drafted our second round was, you know, kind of a D-end uh, slash linebacker pass rusher. Uh, you know, being told by Balsa and him and Armstead and, you know, it's it's not a bad thing. And it's also, you know, it, if Dred Jackson turns out to be a bit slower picking up what's going on in NFL and the speed and the scheme, then at least you have a safety valve and the rookie doesn't have to take meaningful reps until he's truly ready, uh, which is kind of a signature move from Shanahan, really. Um, so I'm not super, I mean, I'm surprised he's still here because of, you know, he's basically given us nothing for, for two years and three years even. Um, but would I rather have him with us and just doing the one sack that wins us a game down mm. the line in December or let him go away to another team? I'd rather have him because, you know, um, maybe we will get a return on investment somehow. Um, but yeah, it's just a little bit weird. Yeah, the on, the only thing I could think of is if there is some way that his contract can be restructured again before he's retired, and it mm. requires him to, you know, be on that our team for training camp to get a bonus or what have you. That I I, I don't understand the full witchcraft of these uh, uh, contract extensions and, and reworkings, um, but that would again be the, the only reason I can see to to make sense to squeeze a little bit more cap by maybe having a bit more dead cap in uh, 2023, 2024 even. So any uh, any more news items that I've missed? I was going to say, Gareth, my only worry about keeping D Ford, though, is we've got a lot of good players on our squad. When it comes down to roster cut down there, I'd be gutted to see a great player get released. To keep yeah, it good point. Like, that, yeah. That, that's my worry. I mean, the defensive line position, I mean, we picked up another... First round pick, I cannot pronounce his name, Lior. Ndichi. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the team rubbing their hands together like that gift that goes around waiting for us to make roster cut down. So that's, I am keeping an eye on it for that purpose, but I do trust in, in the team. So that would be my only concern I wanted to raise. Goodbye. So, any, any more news I've missed? There's really not been a lot, has there? We did thank Ndichi, which I think is kind of. You know, it's one of, he's, he was a first-round pick. I mean, he, definition of a burst for for sure. But I think if there's one D line in a league that's friendly to pretty much anybody, uh, it's us. And uh, you know, I mean, maybe that extra talent that uh, you know Kerry Hyder maybe doesn't have, and that maybe DJ Jones didn't have. Uh, he, he might make some flash play. It's it's interesting and kind of exciting. Um, you know, it's going to cost us nothing, so why not? Why not give it a go? And we we've had some success with these sort of reclamation type yeah. projects. So, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. You, you say it's been a slow uh, news time, but we're over twenty three minutes already, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no news. Anyway, <laughs> shall we, we will we'll wrap up what news there is, and uh, uh, let's go back to our a uh, little bit of our public service work for the uh, people who might be doing a bit of a Bay Area visit this year. Um, listening back to the last pod, I don't think we mentioned, just to remind people, that you do need to apply for your visa waiver to visit the United States. So it's, uh, it's called an ESTA, E-S-T-A, and you can apply online. Uh, I guess, Lee and Naji, you've done that most recently. Um, I did see something that said it had tightened up um, a little bit recently. Um, no, I wouldn't have said it was tightened up. I, I, I didn't really see no. any difference from the last few years I've been across. Um, I do know, however, since when me and Nadji went out to Las Vegas, they have actually increased the price of the Esther. So it's it $14 what we yep. paid, and it's gone up to 21 Has it? Yeah. After we went, it's gone up? Yeah, after it went. Right, okay. Cheeky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm guessing, I don't know, I don't know why they would justify this, but yeah, I mean, it's well, to as, be visa, honest, as visas goes, it's pretty cheap. <laughs> the the Esther's never changed for the last 10 years. Yeah, it, that's was, true. it was $14 back $14, in 2012. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, paying was 15 quid, 16 quid to yeah. uh, to get a visa for it's three months, isn't it? It's valid, or it's a year, it's no, a year, it's a year. Yeah. It's a year, so it's not, you know, it's it's not really not that bad when you consider all the country and all the visas, um, which might cost you much more than that, and visit to the embassy. And uh, this you do online. Just make sure you 
Take your time to do it and read everything they say. Just to clarify that, by the way, just to clarify that, it doesn't mean you can stay there for a year. It's no, just no, valid no. for a year. I think yeah. the maximum you're allowed to stay, I think, is 60 days, 60 or 90 days. Yeah, um, I think it's 90 days. Yeah, total. but what it does mean is you can go back within that 12-month period yeah. and use the same Esther. Use the same Esther, yeah. And it's pretty it's pretty clever. You don't have to print anything. They've got it all on file. You just, you know, give them your passport and it's kind of attached to it. Um but yeah, just, you know, when you do it, take your time. There's a lot of these weird questions. Uh, um, if you answer wrong, you'll definitely get denied. And I don't think there's a way to uh, appeal and get down on time uh, back the other way around. And, you know, the US, if they denied you once, they're not going to, it's going to be very difficult for you to go back in, basically. But, you know, it's, it's, there's no no question that's tricky or anything. It's just, just read the whole thing and make sure, especially the address bit of where you're staying is a bit tricky because you're like, well, I'm not staying anywhere. It's a hotel and whatever. So um, just just read really well and you, you know, it's, it's easy. You won't have any problem to fill that up. I think you you get a fairly quick response as well. But yeah, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty fast. It's within within a few hours, even maybe yeah. days. Um, yeah. I think it's generally within the first twenty four hours you get a response yeah. back. Yeah, depending on what time you do it, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, just thought we'd uh, mention that in case anyone had uh, had not visited the state yeah. before. Sure. So, because uh, I don't I don't think you can apply once you're over there either. You have to have it before you before you fly off yeah so you, you can't get under a u.s um flight a, a flight destined for the u.s without having an esther it's one that's of the it. things to check a check in yeah that's it so definitely worth knowing um yeah. so non non-football related things um got a few questions for you lads um certainly you lads have visited paul feel free to uh chuck in with any questions um what do you think is uh on your must see list lee Naji? Um, must see. You have to do Alcatraz if you go across yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say Alcatraz is. Yeah, and special. and the the two the two um tours I would recommend is the early bird, um so that's the very first tour out there because it's quite quiet at that time, and you can actually get around without feeling a little bit claustrophobic, and the other one would be the twilight. So it's getting yeah. dark while you're in the uh, actual prison, and it just gives it a completely different atmosphere. And I think both of those tours are really good. Um, yeah. book four to six weeks in advance because they do book up um the they do fill up quite uh, easily so yeah. make sure you get it well in advance of going out there i think the tours cost around about 33 dollars and that includes like an audio guide so you yeah. walk around with a headset um you just keep on clicking on a, a button depending on where you are and it'll tell you exactly what's happened in that particular part of the uh the island um but yeah that, that's definitely a place you have to go and visit when you're in san francisco yeah, for sure. Just yeah, as you said, um, if if you're going in in, just check if it's the holidays or something like that over there, and the city is a little bit busier than it. You know, if you're going in the middle of November or whatever, actually that would be <laughs> that would be Thanksgiving, which might be even worse. But yeah, if you're going, you know, peak time, just make sure you book it because it's obviously quite famous. So you know, it's like any touristic place. It'll, it'll get busy fast, and it's boats, so there's a very limited amount of place uh, you can go within a certain days uh, to get there so yeah but yeah do that it's amazing uh cross the golden gate bridge you know either on foot by bike by car whatever you want so, uh, so one thing to bear in mind with that though for people that don't realize the golden gate bridge from visitor center to vista point which is the opposite side of the bridge is 1.7 mile and that's yeah, it's not 1.7 mile flat <laughs> you'd be surprised yeah, no. <laughs> how much of an incline yeah. It is to get into the middle of the bridge and then down the other side. Yeah, it's a, we. I did it on the bike, uh, and it was it was enjoyable. You can stop in the middle, take pictures, and whatever. Uh, but you know, it again, it's it's one of those iconic kind of landmark, and it'd be a mess not to uh, cross it at some point. And see, because you can go on the other side and and go up the the mount, mountain slash hill on the other side and get a really good view of. Um, the city through the bridge, uh, which uh, I remember having lunch there with, with that, my That girl. is absolutely freaky, Naji. That is exactly the sentence I have written down in my notes here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th I think it's a... It, it wasn't busy when we went, which was I was very surprised because the view is 
just amazing. Uh, well, it wasn't busy on top of Vermaren Headlands. There's a no. pretty good reason for that, because that's one hell of a bank to walk up, to be honest. Oh, I was on a bike, so, you know, uh, even harder. So, but, yeah. so, so we walked up there, and we walked yeah. across to Vista Point, and then there's a path underneath the bridge and then up the side of the uh, mountain, we'll call it, to the yeah. top of Marin Headlands, um, to where the... Uh, the uh, AA areas, the the old military part, and it's quite a quite a steep bank. That we, we were yeah. all out of breath and sweating by the time we'd get into the top of there. And this was at the end of November. Mm, yeah, I went December, didn't I? So still hot, still definitely a hot climb. What about you, Gareth? Where where would you say is a must go? Um, I. I was going to say Alcatraz is obviously a must-go, but I must admit I was a little bit disappointed with Alcatraz in the fact that there's not a lot to see. There's, there's a prison, and it, it's just a load of empty rooms. And, you know, it's nice going in and seeing all the, the cages and stuff we've seen in movies. But I, I was actually a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more to see because the rest of the island, you, you can't go in the other buildings. You can't go around True. the rest of the island to the lighthouse and, and other places you might have seen. Uh, again in movies um i think if you if you're really into your kind of true crime stuff then then listening to the to the tour um recorded tour and what have you would be quite interesting but so, that so did you not listen to the audio tour not not really so i can yeah, I, com- think, I can yeah. completely understand where you're coming from then to yeah. me the audio tour makes the whole tour yeah, because some of the things you find out about the prison that you might not have known about the prison and the surrounding areas is is absolutely mind blowing yeah there was a school on that island. Yeah. And you yeah. don't find out about that unless you've got the audio tour. Um, yeah, certain, there's a couple of things like the yeah. the bullet marks that yeah. just looks like the hole, the, you know, hole in the wall because it's old, but it's not. It's actually bullet marks from, um, a, what, I can't remember the word for it, but um, a, a rebellion. It's not a rebellion. I can't remember when. Yeah, it, it, it was shelled. It was shelled Imagine, in yeah. the early, um, early yeah. 20th century. Yeah. Yeah, and then like grenades, it's cool, and the whole Al Capone thing is kind of cool as well. <laughs> but yeah, you've got you have to listen to the thing. It's part of the package anyway. It's free to get it when you get there and just listen to it. Yeah, there's there's some cool stories and cool, like yeah. I uh, I was lucky enough when I was there. One of the because it's a, a national park land. One mm-hmm. of the park rangers was there uh, doing a quick talk and tour. Um, uh, and she talked about the the occupation in, during the 60s with a sort of civil rights movement, which was something that I'd I'd never heard of uh, before. Oh, yeah. So I did find that sort of quite an interesting piece of history. Uh, but the best thing I thought about it was just the views of the city. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is yeah. just stunning. Um, yeah. Funny place to put a prison. You would think it's the place to find <laughs> um, a so, retreat. So to to be honest, same again. It was only a prison for a relatively for short sure. amount of time. It was a military base. It was, but it was also it's it, the current situation in the bay made it actually kind of. A very good prison. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It certainly, yeah, certainly would rub it into the prisoners when you can hear yeah. the the revelers in the city and uh, uh, things like that when they're so close and yet so very far away. I, I was interested, Lee. Can you talk about uh, Coit Tower? I saw that on one of your travel logs, yeah. and I I didn't know that you could kind of visit it. I'd seen you, it as a landmark. So, so that that's a little bit disappointing. Um, so that's not too far away from P39. I think it's, it took us about 15 mm-hmm. minutes walking up there. Uh, <laughs> again, I mean, unsurprisingly, it's San Francisco, but you walk up a lot of banks to get there. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you eventually get there, I think it was, I think it was $14, and you could go in, it's like a museum inside. You walk around the bottom, and then there's a lift. Now, this lift is not one of these brand-new uh, modern lifts with fail-safe technology. This is literally <laughs> on two pulleys. So the first thing they say is, don't don't like jump up and down. So this kid had getting in when I got on the lift, and he started jumping up and down, and she just kicked him out straight away. She says, that's it. Wow. Zero tolerance, you're not going up, get out. So he had to get out with his parents. Um, but there was quite a few of us in there, and the noise this lift made <laughs> when it was going to the top had me concerned a bit. Um, but once you get to the top, there's nothing really to see because it's just basically a viewing platform. However, when I say there's nothing to see there's nothing to see in the tower but the views you get again of the city and the beer are absolutely fantastic and to be honest it was worth it it was worth the 14 dollars just to see those views 
Um, but as a place itself, it's it's not great. If you're into your views and you want a great view, a great picture, like an Instagrammable picture, yeah, pay the fourteen pound, uh, fourteen dollars, go up there. Um, if you're a little bit nervous going up heights, you might not want to go up there, not in that lift, because that's the only <laughs> way up and the only way down. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna queue Gareth. I didn't realize you could go to it and up it until uh, much later after we've left. But uh, yeah. Uh, and also so funny would... story. Sorry, funny story. Sorry. So, so you're all aware that I was in hospital uh, three, four weeks ago now for a hernia operation. Mm-hmm. That day that I went to Coit Tower was the day that I decided I needed a hernia operation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd had a hernia for I think two years prior to, to going out there, but it hadn't really bothered us. Um, and the day before I went to Coit Tower. Both me and David, we'd pretty much spent the full day in a bar in just off Union Square. Um, we caught the Monday night game. It was the day after the 49ers Green Bay Packers game when we absolutely blew them out, smashed them. Nice. Um, so we, we were having a relaxing day that day, getting set up for the rest of the week. And kind of time got away from us. So we were drinking from 12 noon till I think it was half two, three o'clock in the morning when they eventually kicked us out. Um, and I was slightly worse for wear during the night so i got up once or twice <laughs> to to regurgitate my beer and uh, that's what convinces i needed a hernia operation because of the utter <laughs> agony i was in <laughs> so it doesn't pay to get that drunk well at least you knew and you got it fixed so yeah, yeah. three three years later <laughs> three years. mind you i've been on the queue i've been in the queue waiting list for three years actually right. the, the same week i got back from san francisco i went straight to the doctor to, to get put on the waiting list, and it's taken three years. Fair enough. So, Paul, I know you've never been, but is there somewhere you think, oh, I would like to go there, and I'm not sure if it's good or not, uh, that you could ask us, maybe? Because there, there is loads of places you could go to. You've just read my mind, and I'm surprised Lee hasn't been, but apparently there's a Star Wars museum. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I haven't been either. But she hates Star Wars. And <laughs> That's a selling point. But and it's literally around the corner from the Walt Disney Family Museum. Ah, I could sell that. But yeah, yeah um, on top of everything you've said, Nadji Lee, I have been sat here listening. I know, Gareth, when we did the last show, a lot of people have reached out to me on social media and were like, that show was epic, but you make me want to spend the four grand to go. <laughs> I don't want to do everything you lads have talked about. But yeah, the Star Wars Museum is something I would definitely be interested in outside of football. But I think when you went, Lee, you and um, Dave went to a bar that you just touched upon there. And that looked really good on your vlog. Weren't you there for quite a while watching the football and playing pool and, and, and stuff like that? Oh, so that was the Golden Gate Tap Room. Yeah, so that, that was, believe it or not, that was the very first time I'd been to the Golden Gate Tap Room. It, it's been there every year I've been over. And the first time I went was 2019. And um, Nick McGee, who, who I met back in 2013 over in San Francisco, he was absolutely gobsmacked that I'd never been in that bar before. And it's a really nice bar, just off Union Square. Um, it does some, it does really good food, reasonably priced alcohol, um, pool table, traditional like bar sports in there. Um, it is a sports bar, so it's got a huge big screen to watch football or whatever sports on. Um, and it's dead easy to get to because the cable cars go right past it. So, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend the uh, the Golden Gate Tap Room. Nice. Hello. I've seen I, I missed it when I, I was there, but the uh, the Kieser Pub, which is just outside the, the old Kieser Stadium. San Francisco. Yeah, so that, that, that's a lovely pub, especially if you're a Liverpool fan because the guy that owns it is a Liverpool fan. There's a lot of uh, Liverpool memorabilia around there. Um, surprisingly enough, there's also... The odd uh, Everton scarf and Everton shirt as well, which is quite surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, that's that's a sports bar. You go in; it's got a load of um, flat screen TVs to watch whichever games are on, whether it be college games, NFL games. Um, because you're outside of downtown San Francisco, the B is a little bit cheaper there, um, mm. and it just feels more of a traditional American bar. Mm. Um, even though I think it's run by an ex-English guy or an ex-Irish guy. 
Um, and as you said, it's right outside of Kizar Stadium. So if you're going over Thanksgiving and you go to um, the Turkey Bowl in Kizar Stadium, it's literally a five-minute walk. You come out straight in the Kizar pub, watch the end of the uh, the first game on Thanksgiving, have a couple of beers, and then get yourself back down to downtown San Francisco. It's perfectly placed. Yeah, this is that's an area I really, really liked when we went because I went to the um, the Science Museum. Uh, the, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, New Academy of Sciences. That's it. That's the one because it was part of the uh, thingy that I had, the City Pass, um, which I checked and it's they've changed it uh, since I went. There's no uh, travel added to that anymore, so it's not quite as interesting. Anyway, um, the the whole park, the um, the Golden Gate Park is absolutely amazing. It's massive. <laughs> Such a big park. I think it, I think it's bigger than Central Park. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be, but it's it's really really nice, and there's loads of you know being a hot city. There's a lot of like little forest and shaded area where you can you know go for a bike ride and a picnic, and it's a little cooler because it's all green, and there's lakes and ponds and all that kind of stuff. So I would highly recommend to uh, to do that. And when you get to the end of it, uh, it's straight onto the ocean. Um, and I think that's one of the things as well that's you know you don't really think about you going to San Francisco. But if it's hot and you're in September, you know it's still summertime. Um, go for a dip in the Pacific. I'm pretty sure it'll be a it'll be a nice little uh, day at the beach for sure. Yeah. So so you're right. Golden Gate Park is absolutely huge. You can yeah. actually do a 10k run around Golden Gate Park without looping at all. I think it's I think it's just over three miles it stretches from just outside of Kizar pub all the way to the coast. Yeah. And it's quite wide as well. I from yeah. Bouchfair, I, I spent a day uh I walked all the way down through the park to the uh to the ocean and then came back and went to the uh the yeah, the little science museum. Um and that was, that was very good. <laughs> I was I was determined I was gonna go and have a little paddle in the uh Pacific and then when I got there and I, I could just about see the ocean on the horizon because the tide was as far out as I think it could possibly uh, possibly get. Um, a friend a friend of mine who's a surfer says that's kind of holy ground for surfers. Apparently, um, should be. Is, yeah. um, if I if I get the place right, I'm I'm not a surfer, so I didn't I didn't sort of have a have a pilgrimage. But yeah, I, I certainly enjoyed that. Uh, and when you're walking through, you completely forget you're in a in a large metropolitan city. Uh, you, uh, all the there are roads through it but i think it's like a 20 mile an hour speed limit so occasionally a car trundles past but other than that it was yeah very peace peaceful tranquil uh, and it was a day day well spent and and i missed going to the stage at the end i kind of forgot and got on the bus and then thought ah i was going to drop into the stadium um yeah. Yeah, that that was certainly a uh, a good visit anywhere else that might be a little bit off the beaten track Anywhere that you think might be a little hidden gem? To, to be honest, I think there's that many hidden gems around there. It's yeah. difficult to <laughs> yeah pick which one to go to. Um, I mean, something I haven't mentioned was the Oracle Oracle Park Stadium too, the baseball stadium. It is so unbelievably well built, and it's built to withstand an earthquake. It, it's one of, I think, only three designated um, earthquake disaster zones or earthquake um, safety zones in the whole in, in the whole of the city which makes the film um san andreas quite interesting because the baseball stadium falls apart <laughs> it's not meant to it's built to withstand it and that's where people are supposed to go during an earthquake yeah so anyway, i take it there is uh, there's nothing really to see at the old candlestick park uh, site not yeah. anymore yeah. there's the sign yeah. i think the sign is still across the road and i think is that's there? it yeah I think that right. is pretty much it. Yeah, so yeah. that's it's not worth a uh, a pilgrimage. Uh, and to be honest, it's not the greatest area in San Francisco either. No, it's um, not. So that 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 used to be just off Gilman and Paul, and when I went in 2013, all the um, when I was doing my research, everybody was saying, "Look, be really careful when you're walking along uh, Gilman yeah. and Paul to the uh, Candlestick uh, Park, because it's not a great area." Um, and to be honest, after we got dropped off there by the taxi, it felt as though it wasn't a great area. Yeah, well, I, I remember taking the bus and uh, it was very much uh, just follow all the fans going to the stadium and don't 
really deviate from your route. It's uh, yeah. no, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the nicest place for sure. Um, but no, I, I don't think there's they've, they're turning into flats, haven't they? So I think at the moment it's probably just flat flat land and nothing. So a shame. I, I would say if you're a foodie, it's a hidden gem in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> so the port of San Francisco, they've got a farmer's market, I think it's twice a week. Mm. Um, and some of the food you can get at that farmer's market is absolutely unbelievable. Um, so if you're into your food, uh, duck down there, give that a visit because it is. It's it's wonderful. It's a nice uh, building anyway. And obviously it's on the water waterfront, the Embarcadero, and you can get some good views whichever way you go from there. Do you mean the, the ferry building, the old ferry building? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice there. Um, I had my hotel literally two minutes away from there, and we there's a nice little like uh, swanky cafe in there. We used to go there for to get a, a decent coffee in the morning because there's one thing Americans can't do is coffee. Um, so yeah, we we used to go there, and um, yeah, it's really nice. And there's there's like fruits and veg, and I'm pretty sure there's a cheese. Shop, yeah, cheese, which is, fresh uh, bread, meats. It's got loads of like sorts. European cheese, which is quite rare over there because of their uh, import laws and all that. But yeah, the uh, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, and again, while we're talking about food, something I mentioned at the end of the last pod, you have to go to Budens and try the clam chowder. It is oh, absolutely chowders. amazing. You, you get it in a bread bowl, and when I say <laughs> a bread bowl. When you think of bread bowl over in the UK, you think of something that's ceramic. This is actually a bowl made from bread. So it's a sourdough piece of bread shaped in a circle. And they cut the top off. It's, it's like what you do with your um, your pumpkin or you, <laughs> if you're really cheap like I am, get a turnip at uh, Halloween. You <laughs> dig out the middle and then you put in the clam chowder and that's how you eat it. Um, and what I would say is if you're not a fish person, tried anywhere because i am yeah. definitely not a fish person and that's what i said to them when we went across there so they brought out just a little tester pot it's like the kind of pots that you'd get something like um garlic mayonnaise if you're having a meal so they brought that out with some clam chowder in and i tried it and to me the clam chowder tasted just like chicken soup so i ended up getting the full the full bread bowl with the clam chowder in and i did not regret it it was absolutely amazing yeah, it's good for sure. There is some on on Pier Thirty Nine you can get. I'm not sure it's the best quality, but you know, um, yeah, you got to try it. It's so tasty, and that uh, you know that San Francisco sourdough is quite special. Yeah, uh, it is unbelievable. Uh, really nice bread. I'm glad because I, I was going to mention the the ferry building. Um, yeah, which, which is yeah that turned into the farmers market, and I had a great breakfast there one day. Sourdough. Loads of bacon, loads of cheese, and that was it. Yeah. It's about four dollars yeah, yeah. something, um, and just took it outside, sat on the bench, uh, watched uh, watched the ferries come and go, uh, and had a had a good feed for for breakfast. Uh, so yeah, sea seafood is obviously uh, quite uh, traditional, I suppose. Seafood and sourdough. Uh, did you guys? One thing I missed. I wanted to go for a really good Chinese meal in Chinatown. I did. Yeah. Did you guys go? Yeah, I did. We. Um... We we walked through Chinatown uh, again. I think our our hotel on the seafront, right next to the ferry building, meant that uh, every time we wanted to go into the city, we kind of almost had to walk through Chinatown if we didn't want to go all the way around the pier on the on the cable cars. So it, it, we did, and we just kind of picked a random random one that was upstairs of something and sat down and had the had the Chinese, and it was uh, it, you know. It was good. Um, I, can't, I can't remember it being amazing. Um, but yeah, Chinatown's great. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's probably the same Chinatown you've seen in other places now. Uh, they're kind of all not the same, but they they're all built on San Francisco Chinatown. Is is San Francisco Chinatown the original Chinatown? Is it the the first I, one? I wouldn't be surprised if it is. ever was. Um, to, to me, it, it was either that or New York. Different. I mean, I've been to Chinatown in London, and that's pretty disappointing, really, compared to San Francisco. Um, Chinatown in Newcastle is incredibly disappointing <laughs> <laughs> to, to, <laughs> compared to any other Chinatown in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, that it, it's when you walk down there, you wouldn't think you're in the US. No, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice if you're into Chinese food and. Chinese culture, obviously. Yeah. Just go and have some a walk of the through. murals on the wall, the mm. murals. 
sorry, no, murals. The murals on the wall are absolutely fantastic. There's a Bruce Lee one, and oh, it's great. Yeah, really true. talented artists. So, uh, any anywhere else? Uh, as we wrap up, anywhere else you'd you'd recommend a visit? Uh, if, stick to food again. Um, Stinking Rose. <laughs> so Stinking Rose on Columbus Avenue. It used to be right up towards um, Transamerica, but it's moved recently. But they're still on Columbus Avenue. They just moved further down, taking over what used to be an Italian. Um, I think it's actually a bigger place they've got now, but the food in there was absolutely amazing. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the pod. Um, obviously, I did the vlog when I was out there. We had the garlic ice cream, the 40 clove chicken. Uh, the, the food is just absolutely amazing. If you like garlic, get yourself there. And, and one last place, one last place with food. <laughs> and I know if Brian Davis is listening to this, he's going to be he's going to be chucking something at his radio or whatever he's listening honored to <laughs> so there's a there's an irish bar on fifth and howard um, just around the corner from westfield mall and it's called the chieftain and they do the best shepherd's pie i have ever had it, it was absolutely fantastic and every year i go i always go back to have shepherd's pie at the chieftain and it's a lovely little irish sports bar type pub it's quite small so it does get full um but great food great prices great atmosphere and, and only two blocks off market street nice. yeah i'll say i mean you know all the couple of touristy thing the painted ladies is, is quite nice you know those beautiful houses and it's kind of famous as well um not much to see but if you can choose a bus route that goes by it you'll, you'll see them i mean go to presidio because it's you know it's a really nice park as well and all the marble kind of ancient Greek stuff is kind of weird, but kind of cool. Uh, and I would highly recommend going to the Legion of Honor. That's uh, an art museum in uh, in like Northwest in a park. And it's kind of high up. So you get a great view of the Pacific, great view of the city and the Golden Gate Bridge, but kind of a different angle that you don't usually see. So it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, do that. And then for food, if you're into food like I am, Go to Japan town. Uh, I'm very much into Japanese food and Korean food and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, you can get to a nice little supermarket and buy weird stuff that you wouldn't buy anywhere. It's a it's a proper Japan town as well, like um, like you find in Seattle. Um, and yeah, the food is incredible there. There's certainly a, a, not really my cup of tea, but there there is an awful lot of art and art museums in San Francisco yeah. if there if that's your thing. Um, lots of specialist art stuff. The uh, one place that I, I managed to spend about 45 minutes to an hour, just a quick drop in, was a place called uh, Musée Mechanique, which is the antique coin operated um, uh, like arcade. Oh, um, cool. Uh, it's, it's fairly small, but some of these sort of stuff from, you know, the probably late 1800s all the way through to the very first kind of digital space invaders type arcade games that i can remember from my my very young uh, uh days being fascinated by um so if you need half an hour to kill particularly it's just just around the corner from pier 39 so if you're with family members who are who are shopping or something and you and you want something to to kill 45 minutes or an hour um i thoroughly enjoyed that um just uh, uh looking at these uh, amazing old machines that are still still working uh, cool. so that's that's definitely a place I'd, uh, I'd I'd make 45 minutes for for popping in again. So a final uh, uh, well two questions. I think it was mentioned briefly on the last pod that you couldn't really find many places in San Francisco to get uh, Niners merchandise. Correct. Uh, we probably sure. should mention there is the 49ers shop in the Westfield Mall. No, there's not. It's not anymore. Yeah. Is it not? Is it gone? Yeah, no, it's gone. Yeah. There we go. You're more up to date than me. So yeah. You're right then. No Niners merchandise in the city. Bit disappointing, but get yourself down to the stadium and prepare your credit card for a I think it. I think it's one of those where when the team gets successful, they kind of reopen it to sell things and then kind of close it again. There is, if you go to that Westfield, there is a, not a Dick's Sporting Good, but another big job that yeah, my you've heart. got champ sport and goods in champ the bottom sport, that's it. although yeah judging judging judge by what i've just seen on the internet night that's not there anymore either you used okay. to have um beer area sport and again that's, that's it. no that was it. that's no longer listed on, on the oh, okay. uh, store list you used to have the warriors store in there that's no longer listed 
on the start. That's probably, there's, a, that's probably a the chase center it is. now, I imagine. The, the, yeah. yeah, there's a huge worry you start the chase center. Um, so what I was going to say, what this is leading me on to, and I don't want to put anybody off going to San Francisco because I love it. And if, if I could go tomorrow, I would. But ever since I started going over back in 2012, so I've been over five now, five times now, each time I've gone back, San Francisco's changed, not necessarily for the good, the best, because things have closed down which were really good and haven't been replaced with something equally as good, whether it be a restaurant, a bar, a shop, a sports store, stuff like that. And it's, it's, it almost feels as though it's in a decline as far as the tourist industry is concerned, if you, if you know what I mean by that. Um, True. If I was to go across, there's a lot less things that would interest me compared to back back in 2012. In 2012, I could tell you about. <laughs> and don't don't get us wrong, I haven't got a drink problem. But in 2012, <laughs> I, I could have probably named about a dozen pubs that I would say you've got to get in. Actually, that's just reminded us um, the Bonavista Calf on High mm. Street. You need to go in there, the birthplace of the Irish coffee. Definitely need to try that. Um, but yeah, there's so many really good places that have closed down. It's 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 heartbreaking to go back and see some of these restaurants and bars that have ended up having to close. And it's not, nothing to do with COVID. Last time I was there was 2019, so this is pre-COVID. But you could see just over that last seven years, a lot of things have closed down. One of the things, P39, the uh, the NFL and college store. On PS39. Oh, is that yeah. closed? Yeah. I was going to say, because I was just going to say for shopping, there's a big one on PS39. But... So, so that's closed now. So that closed between, <laughs> actually that closed six weeks before I got out there in 2019. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean, but also, you know, it's it's one of those heb and flow of, of a gigantic city. It's just, you know, you, you go to places as a tourist that, clearly don't attract the locals um i think i think san francisco went through a a major housing crisis where price skyrocketed skyrocketed so much that people just moved out and then obviously cafes bars and all that need people to to survive so you know if people move out of the city and go down south to santa clara or to the other side in oakland where it's a little cheaper um it makes sense that businesses that people use every day kind of clothes but yeah just i mean it's so big you'll find somewhere else right <laughs> there's plenty of bars <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you're not wrong because there's there's plenty of bars um we, we both being david we, we have our favorites like i said the chief and bar um utah bar which is just around the corner or utah hotel you call it just around the corner from the uh the train station um, we've got Bartlett Hall, which again is just around the corner from Union Square. We we enjoy going in there because they do really, really yeah, high strength lagers in there, beers. Um, and then down on the uh, the seafront, down in P thirty nine, you've got Wipeout, which we enjoy going in there. It it is very touristy in there, and it's more just like a a pizzeria with a bar tagged onto the front of it but we, we do enjoy relaxing in there because it's a touristy area you see a lot of people walking past um and it's just nice to sit down and people watch yeah that's true so uh just to wrap up and get people in the mood for uh, a possible visit what's your favorite san francisco based movie <laughs> over to paul because paul said he'd already thought of his that's true and he hasn't spoken for about an hour <laughs> he's, he's maybe he's nodded off no, like in the last pod, obviously, I hosted the last one because you three have been over and it is on my bucket list and I'm sat here making notes and thinking, yep, I want to go there, I want to go here. Um, I'm a big movie fan, Gary, so there's lots that jump out, but one that may surprise you, in 1996, there was a movie called The Rock. Yeah. Oh, that's not a surprise, that's the one I thought straight away. Yeah, Very famous. 16-year-old Paul Hope on a milk round with not very much money my local cinema used to let teenagers in for a pound on a Monday night. And me and my nice. friends have seen this movie for the full 15, 20 weeks. It was out every Monday we went. And when you lads were talking about Alcatraz, that's on my bucket list purely because of that movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're alone with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the world gets. A more up-to-date one, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So that, that was mm -hmm. the bit late with the Fisherman's Wharf, where yeah. he's in the water. And... You know, you 
you've got Mrs. Doubtfire, you've got basically wherever it's filmed in the in the city, and I'm watching now being a San Francisco fan. I think, oh, that's filmed there, I want to go there. But yeah, that was my movie, Gareth the Rock. And like I said off air, I knew it instantly as soon as you were going to ask me. Lee, Neji? I can't I can't really think of any. Uh, is Big Hero Six the cartoon putting in San Francisco? I think it is. <laughs> but I really am blanking. I've had to Google it and uh can't say um Yeah, Big Hero Six, yeah. That's yeah, a, no, so, so it's, it's it's an imaginary place that looks like San Francisco. I know, I, I know, think it's I know. San Fran Tokyo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I could name an absolute load of films, movies that was um, based or set in San Francisco. Picking a favorite one is difficult. Um, I mean, I, I might go with one where I, I, I just it was a relaxing film, but there's so many things wrong with it, and it really annoys me wife because I'll be sat there saying, "Yeah, there's no way you get that view on that street." And that street should be going up, not down, if they're going in the direction that they said they were going in. So that's just all wrong, that. <laughs> and she'll sit there and she'll say, will you just shut up and let me watch this movie? And that, that would be San Andreas. And that's because I like um, Alexander Daddario and uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I, I, I enjoy watching them. Um, and it's an easy-to-watch movie as well. Um, but it's probably not my favourite. I'm, I'm probably just going to go with one that... And I'm going to probably need to hand in my man card here because it's a chick flick. But I'm going to go with one you probably have never heard of, and it's a movie called Just Like Heaven, Mark Ruffalo and Reese Witherspoon. Um, it's, well, basically, it's a love story. Um, I can't really tell you much about it without giving away the plot. Not that it's very hard to uh, <laughs> work it out straight away. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a good movie. But, again... I did the same thing to that as I do to most movies about San Francisco. I'll sit there and I'll, yeah, you, you don't get that view from that uh, angle. Or you, <laughs> and it, it it really annoys us, but I enjoy it anyway. So what you're saying, Lee, is when I come off the pod, I have to say to Tracy, Lee's recommended this video about San Francisco, this movie, and she's going to say, no, I'm not watching another football movie. And I'll say, <laughs> And when you watch it and I get the brownie points, you can get your man card back. See, see Paul, Paul yeah. don't, even, don't even mention San Francisco. Just say it. Yeah, it's the same. Lee's told us about this really good film that he sits and watches with his wife. It's called Just Like Heaven. She'll read, she'll read the write up of it. I don't think it mentions San Francisco. She'll read the write up of it. She'll think, oh, yeah, that sounds all right. She'll sit and watch it. And then slowly you'll start to see San Francisco landmarks come in. <laughs> and then she might, she might turn around and slap you. <laughs> I might say, I want to go there, and it's a win-win. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. What about you, Gareth? Is there any any movie? Uh, yeah, I think there's 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 a clear favourite from uh, particularly from back in my youth, but I don't think you actually see a lot of the city, and it's big trouble in Little China. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But you don't see a lot of the city. Or you don't least... because it's it's all indoors, isn't it? Yeah, and underground. Yeah. yeah. I could have sworn that was in New York. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, there is a there is a sort of big trouble in little china um themed tour that i did see in a in a okay. you know, one of the little uh, buses that goes around chinatown uh so that's definitely on my list to go to uh, on the next visit Very so there nice. we go. i think we've uh, we've covered san francisco um so public ju service ju just while you're on the movies i mean something you've missed out oh i, I don't know what you call it um star trek what is it the star trek federation or whatever that's all based uh, yeah. in san francisco in a future San Francisco. Yeah, the, the headquarters is there. Yeah, but you, yeah, you think you do see a few landmarks, don't you? You do, yeah. Yeah, obviously the uh, the bridges uh, stick out. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge, I think, is the most destroyed bridge in movie history, or the most destroyed landmark in movie yeah, history. I bet. I bet. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a Bond movie where they're hanging on a balloon above it. Can't remember which one it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. There we go, our resident movie buff. So San Francisco has been covered. Uh, public service announcements. Uh, the only thing I had was was one possibly for myself and everyone else, but I think our game passes are about to renew for the new season. So we know the season's on the way when uh, the NFL takes a big chunk of money out of your bank account. Um, so I warn everybody about that, particularly at the current time. Uh, any others? Yeah, so obviously we, we we kind of 
hinted about in the last pod. So there's going to be a meet-up for Game 1, which is September 11th, against the Bears. It's going to be in England. Um, it, it has impacted the whole Irish trip this year, but next year we'll look at doing that again. Um, at the moment, we're still waiting for the final word on, on the location. We have we are 99% certain where that location is. That's what we've been told. Um, I've also been told that we'll find that out by the end of this week. So even if I haven't found out by Friday, I am going to say it's 99% certain it's going to be location X because people need to book trains, buses, planes, hotels, that sort of thing. Um, and, and it's definitely going to be something you will want to attend. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Anything else? I was just going to say, Gareth, for anybody who's interested in any content at the moment, Brad Graham, who's from the SF Niners, has done three interviews with Mike McGlinchey, Daniel Brunskill, and he's doing one tonight with Charles Omanihu. So I've watched the first two. A Mike McGlinchey interview is a must-watch for any 49er. He talked about his injury rehab. He talked about the O-line. So if you hit him up on Twitter, YouTube, I just thought I'd give that a plug because we are a community. And they've been very good to the 49 faithful UK. So anyone out there, just go check them out. That would be great. Good stuff. Great stuff. So I think all that is left is for me to thank everybody who uh, listens to the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and do all of those other things. And don't forget our YouTube channel. In particular, uh, Lee's got a load of his uh, travel uh, videos on the 49er Faithful uh, YouTube channel uh, and they're, they're definitely worth a, uh, a look um, in small doses. I think there's quite a lot uh, there, isn't there? So <laughs> something like that? Um, an hour and a half. I mean, oh, Actually, it, it hour just and felt a, half. a lot longer. Yeah, so, so <laughs> what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, to be fair. Yeah, I think, I think it was an hour and a half, the one I did back in 20... Um, 2017 that was the long one i think the last one 2019 isn't as long i don't think i put all episodes into one big episode um but 2017 you can either watch them in day by day dailies or there's a one hour one hour 30 one hour 40 all in one go type um cut edit masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) so uh, certainly look out for that Anything else, lads? If not, I think we're going to say stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.